I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello folks and a very warm welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be back in the host seat for the first time this year on the live stream. Um, uh, also had a wee um, personal hiatus, um, a few personal reasons, but just a, a very, very quick thank you to um, some of the listeners and subscribers who reached out um, with their well wishes. It is very much appreciated and won't be forgotten, um, but delighted to be back. Um it's been a long, long month to wait to get back into the back into the football and Rangers have returned with a a, a victory in the shortest cup and six points out of six in the league. Here to run through a, um an interesting one 0 victory over St Mirren. It's first of all, Scotty, how are you, my friend? Not bad, my man. Thanks for having me on. Here to talk about a good old professional uh, no what we'll call it a good old dirty one 0 win, that's what that was. We never threw toys out of Pramity full time either. I was fucking close to it, I tell you. <laughs> I'm glad Rangers didn't, but I was close to it. Um, and also joining us, our foreign correspondent, David T. How are you tonight, my man? Yeah, great, thanks. Uh, actually, a wee bit disappointed. We've, we've not got a game in the, mid, the middle it's of the week. It's not like you to be disappointed, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I was I, I was I was I really enjoy that Monday or sun, sun Saturday Sunday uh, Wednesday game. I uh, know we've got a full blooming week without seeing the Rangers. That's that's really should it should be allowed. Should be allowed. <laughs> you you set up the position. I'll sign it, my man. I will sign it. Um, and last but not least, hello to all the listeners watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and of course everybody who's listening after the fact. Um, um, thank you for tuning in and of course if you do like what you hear and watch tonight you can get a bit extra for £1 a month either on our YouTube page or on our Patreon site the links are in the comments um, so Scott let's start you've said a very professional um, professional dirty win and you know, league winning teams do need that I put in the description a forgettable victory, and that stirred a wee bit of comments on social media. Um, suppose if your glass half empty, it's a forgettable, far from perfect three points. If your glass half full, it's the type of victory that you need um, to go and win leagues. Um, how did you see yesterday? I suppose I'm, I'm a wee bit tailored in my approach because we've seen these type of victories of the last couple of managers and it's no came refreshing but what's your overall thoughts after yesterday? I thought it was like I say it was a professional performance I thought I think we got we got a job done first and foremost this obviously I wrote an article for you midweek about a change in mentality that performance pretty much summed it up um, I thought Dessers only had one chance and they scored it Fair play to him. Um, before we get back into Dessers debate again, um, 
the one thing I did notice about the game, but that kind of clapped up with me is that halfway through second half, Steve Robinson made a change and he brought on, I don't know a boy's name for St. Mon, but he was six foot plus anyway, and he put him right on Ridvan. And as soon as the ball went back into play, a, di- a big diagonal get played, and Clement's clocked it, and he's immediately subbed Ridvan and put Barisic on. That, to me, summed up the kind of calibre of a manager we've got now, because wouldn't it have happened under, under any, well, especially under our last three managers, wouldn't I noticed that? And it's something as basic as that, that's basically come in and was the game. He's, he's put height in a position, he's nullified a threat, and then in terms of controlling the match, I thought my game management was second to none on night. The other day, sorry, Saturday. So I overall I'm I'm very happy with performance. It was one of my comfortable one nil ones for me, Colin Hank. St. Murn had a, had more of the ball than I would like, but Rain, they didn't really put Rangers under any pressure. Put it this way, if Michael Beale was in charge, that's at speed that point yesterday. David, that that's such a good point. Um I'm I'm a wee bit more conservative on this than what I that. I would like to be, um, because we will get into the detail of the game, but Scott's hit the nail on the head. Under the last manager, we don't come away with the, with that victory. Uh, I think you know, those t- two tough away fixtures we faced this week, we, we don't mm-hmm. come away with six points. Um, yep. What was your thoughts in the game, Davey? Well, under the last manager, I, I, I don't think we would have. I, I don't think the players were happy under the last manager. I think that was uh, the big thing. I don't think they understood him. And it looks like now, if you look at uh, where he is now, then it's Sunderland. The, the the fans are going absolutely berserk down there. They're they're wanting rid of him already. So obviously, some obviously he must look at himself, the last manager. Although I don't want to go into and too too much and and managers from other clubs. But um, I think he needs to look himself in the mirror and think: Am I doing something right or am I doing something wrong? Because when two clubs are sort of throwing you out. And it's sort of a well, they're not, obviously not throwing them out yet, but I don't think it will be long. But um, obviously we weren't, we weren't just the players weren't happy under them under Bill, and I think that just showed on the on the playing. We'd we'd heard before that there was trouble in the dressing room, and I think that, that that's always pretty obvious that there was something going on. So I think that in, indeed, I think that that's got a lot to play that we would be struggling with the. Uh, and under Geo, of course, we had that side-to-side passing. Now, that would have just been horrible on a day. Let's face it, the weather was just uh, wasn't for playing football, really. I think that was a big uh, problem on Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. Um, and you just couldn't couldn't get there. Coming on to your point later on, Colin, I won't, I won't steal your, uh, <laughs> what, what you're going to say. So, but... Um, I think when I think weather was stopped us playing football, good football in the pitch probably. You seen the players slipping an awful lot, which was uh, which I, which I think shows that the pitch was pretty bad as well. Scott, there's a really good point uh, made by by Aldo saying that um, Celtic won one well, no. mm-hmm. um and Rangers won mm-hmm. one well, one well, no, and then the you don't call to... them fartic. <laughs> fartic. <laughs> <laughs> All, all the decisions this week were all, all sort of a borderline as well. Oh, you get the tin hat away, um, but I, I suppose it, it does it does um, show the, the difference in momentum and mentality. Where we won one now, and I think the the momentum, oh, no, 
we win one nil in a scrappy game and it's very much professional performance in the other side of the city um they they were signing the the michael beal song last night um the michael beal song if md doesn't know but how it goes it goes boo but that's um that's the difference in the two same same result and you know, two different approaches. I think it shows we maybe do have a bit more momentum than what the league table suggests. Personally, I think the winter break came at a good time for us because Celtic were starting to get their sell into, into a groove. Um, especially their, their performance away to Dundee. They, they really camped in and they were just on them for the full 90 minutes. Celtic were starting to find a wee bit of form. So I think seeing... The victory that they got yesterday and the reaction it's caused shows that that's simply papered over the cracks. Um, I don't think they could have got a better manager in the summer than Brendan Rodgers, but they're not happy either way. They seem to be in a place that we were in under Michael Beale, whereas if like, Luke Colin looked back at a 1-0 win over Motherwell that we got earlier on in the season, it's a kind of similar scenario just now. It's, it's quite um, toxic across the city at the minute. And we're just going quietly about our business under Big Phil, getting the wins in. And yesterday was was a title-winning performance. Jack Butland pulled off one save that I can remember in the first half. Apart from that, he wasn't really threatened. He was relatively assured. Even when St Murn hit the bar, I felt Butland had it covered. I didn't really feel as if we were under any grave danger. My biggest take for the game is Souter and Goulton had their best game together yesterday. This gave me a wee bit of hope going forward. Davey, it's as a worthwhile talking point the the central half um, pair. I thought Leon Balogun and and John Souter on Wednesday night. Um, I don't think Balogun had his best of games, but I actually thought John Souter played really well. And I thought it would have been Balogun coming in with Golton uh, yesterday. It wasn't. It was Souter coming in. Although St Mirren did have chances, I don't think we were as shaky yesterday in, in the defence as we were on Wednesday. Um, what, what was your thoughts on the defensive performance? Well, I think they had two shots at goal, if I remember right. They had one that um, Butlin saved with his legs. And they also the, the Korean guy had, had one that, that just went past the post. So I suppose you can count that wasn't goal, but it was a, it, it was a shot that should have been uh, could have been in go- uh, a, a goal, so I think they two. Um, we sort of a, we we started well. I think the first fifteen minutes or something, twenty minutes, and really up to the goal, we were we were dominating the play. So the the defense didn't really come under any sort of a heavy problems, but I think once uh, once once we actually got the goal, I'll leave the goal out of it just now. But um, once we got the goal, the game just seemed to turn in its head. And up to half time, we were under. They actually said, Mum, we're the better team at that time. They seemed to pass the ball. And I, I know we're going to come on to that other thing is, is ball retention. I know it was mentioned in your. Uh, for the, the end of the second, the end of the first half, the last uh, 20 minutes, half an hour, our ball retention was absolutely terrible. We just couldn't. I gather that's to do with the win, but but if you take it now, Colin, and, and I know you've got it in your agenda points. I'm sorry, but what you're fucking spoiling with everything, man. Stop telling the listeners what we're going to talk about. But um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll sort of I'll leave it just now. But um, 
obviously, the, obviously the, the the conditions were um, were absolutely atrocious for playing good football. And so, just to go on to that point then, because I, you know, a, a big part of me doing this podcast is trying to get things off my chest, chest and see sense. Mm-hmm. Our ball retention really, really annoyed me yesterday, and it did annoy me a bit at Hibs and Wednesday night as well. You, you did say it's, it was a terrible game to be playing in, terrible conditions, terrible park. Do we need to give a wee bit of a buy um, on how we use the ball? Because ultimately, we got the three points. I'd like to think um, playing in a better pitch on on Saturday at Ibrox, we maybe play a wee bit better. So I don't think it's baby with a bath water yet. No, I, but I think well, well, midfield's a bit unbalanced just now as well. See if you look if you look at it in a bit more detail. I don't think Nico Raskin's not hitting the heights for me. He's not. I don't. I've seen. Maybe a handful of performances where you could maybe see what he can do. But see, for a player that's come in with so much hope and promise, and right, I'm aware he's due, but he's just back for injury, etc., etc., right? But he's not, he's had one good second half this season. That was against Savet. I mean, if, if anybody can tell me what he offers that's going to make somebody come in with a £15 million bid, I'll be amazed because he's had a very, very stop start. His career with Rangers, especially this season with injuries, and I think that had a big, massive part in the way we played the other day because we didn't keep the ball well. The midfield did seem imbalanced. Lundstrom was good, done his job effectively, but I think the other roles in midfield need a wee bit of tweaking. Um, Dujon Sterling was kind of playing a Glen Kamara role in my eyes. He wasn't. He looked like more a four-three-three in the first half, where Sterling kind of taking away their physical threat for Ridvan on the left-hand side. I can see why a manager's done it. But the balance just wasn't there. But I'm hoping we've been out. We've bought Diamandi in. I'm hoping that that's going to sort of fix that problem. The conditions, aye, you can you can see that. But we could we could also be saying, be saying the same thing. Like we always complain when we're going away and playing artificial surfaces. It's windy. It's just a Scottish football. And it's just... We, we should all be used to it, you know what I mean? Yes, come on, says yesterday was going to be a harder match and it turned out it was, but we got to three points, so that's really what matters to me. But the midfield did seem a bit imbalanced, I think. Braskin needs a run of 10, 15 games to get into some kind of form and shows what he can truly offer, because I think the boys got a bucket full of potential, but we're yet to see it. Um, so, I yeah, it would be me. I'm, I'm putting it down to the midfield a wee bit more than the conditions yesterday. Davy, let's let's move on to the the biggest talking point of the first half then, um, and straight on uh, four minutes into the pod, Aldo, one of your subscribers, um, one of your moderators on the chat, I try to think, can we put a wee bit of respect on Cyril Dessel's name, mm-hmm. please? Mm-hmm. And I would like to make a public apology because I really gave this guy a bit of a hard time. I'm I'm not the only Rangers fan, Davy. Um, I wrote him off by September. Cards on the table. I like to give right. Rangers players a chance, but I thought he was going to be out the door by January. His goal contributions do speak for themselves. And Ronald De Boer in the summer said that Cyril Dessers is a confidence type player. Um, the more confidence, confident he is, the, the, the more you see a change in him. 
yesterday's goal wasn't a fluke. That's one thing that's been labelled at him. It was a brilliant touch to take it past the keeper, so composed. Um, I do think we need to maybe start giving this guy a bit of a chance. And incidentally, I do think this week the Rangers support in general are giving him um, a bit of a buy-in. Um, but I actually thought he was he was one of the better players yesterday, Davy. You certainly get a building up a, a relationship with uh, Winstrom. He seems to he seems to know when when to 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 run and when to to not run. He certainly looks a lot faster when he comes in. I don't think looking back, Colin. I mean, it's it, this is in retrospect, so it's uh, it's quite easy to look back. But I don't think he was fit when he when he came in. I, I think he he's now he looks a lot a lot faster than he did, and. Part of the goal yesterday was actually see the movement he made when the ball came through, when the keeper came out, he made a sort of a small movement that looked like he was going for the ball at that that second. But he obviously thought, I'm not getting that, and he pulled back. And that sort of a, got the ball. Then he could he could he, the ball ran on and then he he got it with studs, I think, actually, and put it past the keeper. And then ran on and put it in with his, with his left foot. Um, that that small movement that he made, I think that actually flung the keeper. And I don't know whether it was intentional. I I, I very much doubt it. I think he just didn't realize. I think he realized he wasn't getting the ball at that that point. And uh, that that's what really, in, in my eyes, that's what that's what made that because that just flung the keeper right off. And but, I mean, if, if you look from the, he, he was actually. Going back to to when he uh, first asked for the ball, because he did ask for the ball, he, he was pointing to exactly where he wanted it, and luckily enough, Lundstrom, I'll give him his due. Lundstrom can uh, he can put virtually a ball anywhere he wants to, and he, uh, the ball was virtually perfect for him. Virtually perfect for him. In fact, it was perfect because because it probably wasn't perfect. If it was probably perfect. The keeper would have probably got it. So that's a. Uh, that, that's that's massive of you and it that that slight movement just before the the he, he actually got the ball. Scott, you've spoke about the imbalance midfield uh, the night, and mm. I think it is a. Uh, a good point. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to win any football journalism awards by talking about how important the midfield is um, in any football team, but. Davy spoke about the connection between Lundstrom and Dessers there. Is there something linked between the re-emergence of Mr Thursday night and Cyril Dessers arriving at Rangers? I would say so. I would say so, Colin. Um, there's definitely a connection there. Come on, it's not scared to tell the telly boys to go direct if they need to go direct. It's, it's one thing that's really, really surprised me about Obviously, come on, come in a foreign manager. Doesn't know much about the Scottish game, but he seems to have picked up how to win a game of football here relatively quickly. Um, I was one that was going on about identity and all that kind of stuff before he came, saying we needed this. But when I'm looking at it, I don't see an identity. I see winning football, and I'm not, I'm not certainly not going to sit back here and complain about it. So if if John Lundstrom's got to play 35 yard passes. Over here, that's the defenders for us to get a win. Then fair play, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to step back one bit. In terms of Cyril Dessers, um, it has come on to a game. But what I was trying to say the other night was, is that he's too inconsistent. But my worry with with Cyril Dessers is, I he's having a football patch just now. But 
see to begin the next season again when he's had a pre-season stuff in his legs and whatever else? Is he going to hit the ground running or is he going to, is he going to take three, four months to get going? Because ultimately, as a Rangers player, a Rangers number nine, he's got a number nine jersey in his back. You don't get that time. And like we say, we're, we've all wrote him off. Even I've brought him off. But recently, he's come onto a game, make allowances. I still think we need another striker in that's going to challenge him. Big Shanklin fan, as everybody knows on the pod. It's clearly not going to be him, but we need somebody. We need somebody in that's going to be able to challenge him for that jersey because I don't see Fabio Silva as a as a an out and out number nine. I liked his work creating stuff against Hibs. There's an awful lot I like about Fabio Silva, but he's not quite what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a penalty box kind of predator that's going to come in and score last minute winners and that knows Scottish football, knows the defenders, knows what runs to make, when to go, when to stop. Dessers has obviously learned that, but he's needed three, four months to learn it. And you've related to Ronald De Boer, saying he's a confidence player and he's one of these guys, you're either turning your hair out with him or you love him. So I'm fully expecting to be turning my hair out with him again at some point, whatever hair I've got left that is. Um, that's where I was trying to come for on the pod the other night, is that I just don't think he's a, he's a good option to have up front, but I just don't think he's got everything needed to be Rangers number nine. If you know what I mean. Um, but in terms of Lundstrom and him, I am all for it. They can strike up as many relationships as they want. As long as we're winning football matches, they can go for it. Ah, you know, and I think we, we do need to be realistic in, in our praise. Well, um, although I'm um, you know, attempting to backpedal on everything I've said um, about his form, and I was writing the math in September, I will admit that Cyril Dessers has a big role to play, but David, I don't think he is the main man up front for us. Um, I think Rangers' issue is we don't have enough options up front. Um, somebody like Cyril Dessers probably can't do it 50, 60 uh, games a season um, when we do have a very demanding schedule. We're unlucky that Kmart Roof has made a chocolate and Danilo, um, he's just he's just fell 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 to the Rangers curse. Um, I do think we need we need another option this window because I think Cyril Dessel's momentum will continue if he isn't relied upon as the sole breadwinner for goals. Well, if I can just, uh, I, I was listening to uh, an interview this afternoon, Colin, from the FC20 manager, and they've just sold their, their striker to um, Spartak Moscow, I think it is. And he was saying, yeah, we've got one striker, he says, but I need to bring in another two. He says, because a club like ours needs at, at least three strikers. And they have to be different. They don't, they, we can't have them all the same. So I think I think that's a, a big problem that we've had sort of a strikers that, that, that uh, the last time that have been sort of a, the same, and I think we need to uh, I think we need to bring in a striker that, that that's different. That, that I mean, remember the old days, Mark Hately. Somebody said somebody was talking about um, we're talking about Dessers not hitting the, the ground running, but Mark Hately didn't hit the ground running, and look what he went on to do. He went on to be a be a one of the the, the a legend for the club, really, and that's uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of time for Dessers. I didn't really know him, and uh, and when 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 he played in Holland, uh, obviously when he played for Feyenoord, I heard about him, 
kind of they come basically he came basically mostly sorry from the from the bench. So you didn't really get to see what he could do in a full game up until now. But I definitely think I think we should have three strikers, to be honest with you. And so is it a manager has to be able to change a game. And you can't change a game by having one striker or having two strikers that are going to do the exact same thing. So we need a we need a so a, a striker that, that can do something completely different. That's a, di- a completely different uh, style to what Dessers is, and I think it's. But I, I think probably Silva, the same idea as Silva, but then an out and out striker, not a not a number ten uh, like like I think Silva is. You've made such a good point there, David, and I do want to pick up something, um, probably a theme coming through in the in the comments, and as as a fair, as a fair point, I don't know if Ian, I definitely don't agree with Ian saying that he's a dud, um, but I think that probably encapsulates some of the comments coming through that he is not good enough to be the main man um, coming through at Rangers. I just want to. Long-term listeners will be very, very bored of this uh, comparison. But when I when I think about how what's the best um, what's, what's the best options to have for your strike force, I always go back to the two thousand two two thousand and three season. David, you said about different attackers, different style of strikers. In that season, we didn't have a thirty goal um striker we had Avaladze, Moles, Lovingcrans, Kinija mm-hmm. all chipping oh, in with 10 new. plus goals Stephen Thompson all different strikers goals in midfield that's my that's my idea of utopia my idea of utopia for a Rangers team isn't it a Chris boy getting 30 goals and then goals coming for dribs and dabs elsewhere Scott you're agreeing with me that's how I think Rangers should be set up and in that type of setup somebody like Cyril Dessers does have a long term part to play you, you only have to look at Edinburgh, look at Hearts. Shanklin's the only one that's scoring goals. And I don't understand anybody that's saying Desert is, 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 is total rubbish, which I'm, I'm not, is not saying that there's a brilliant player in there. But what, what, probably the same people are saying Shanklin's a great player. All Shanklin does is stick the ball in the net now again, and for the rest of the game, he does nothing. And he's he's got more pace than uh, yeah I don't know I, I think I could probably still have a have a race against him and I can I can't run anymore but um it, it, I, I just don't understand that but I, I really think I really think we need a, a a striker that can head a ball and I think we need a, a striker with a bit of pace obviously Dessers isn't the one and I would I would like more um, mobility a striker with pace and mobility I think so that I think we're talking about then. To a striker with pace and mobility, and a striker who can who can also head a ball. So that's that's what would be my perfect mix. Well, well, Scott, um, I'm going to bring you in here because mm-hmm. I'm going to put my realistic hat on and Rangers and they got to go and sign the round striker this season. Uh, no, sorry, this this window. Um, we've got Dessers who can contribute towards holding the ball up and leading the line. Davies looking for somebody with a bit of mobility. We do have Silva coming in, who's got a lot of energy. Danilo coming back at some point. Shanklin can get you goals and head of the ball. Um, I do think I'd maybe be a bit more comfortable with a Shanklin-type striker coming in for the right price, just to give us those different options that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Aye, 100%. 100%. Shanklin's, right, 
Shanklin's an enigma amongst the Rangers support. But I've obviously done a lot of reading up on him and I've watched all his goals, all his clips, etc. etc. The guy played in terms of his link up plays, he's improved massively for Hearts over since Stephen A. Smith's taken taking over, right? Because Stephen A. Smith's actually played him as a ten in certain matches. So his link up plays improved. He's not worth the five million quoted, right? Um as much as I want Lawrence Shankland at, at my club and as much as I feel as if he could potentially come in and get his really, really close to the league with what he offers and his goals, he's not worth it. He's not worth that outlay. I would rather wait, get a loan in and get him the summer. Because I don't think things across the city are as rosy as what they are over at Ibrox just now. So I don't think we need Shankland. I, I used I did. If you asked me this a week ago, I would I say aye, we need him, but I don't think He's, he's not worth the money and the wages and the outlay that's, that's going to cost us just now, whereas I think in the summer, I think he will be a Rangers player eventually, I just don't think it's going to be right now. He's not going to sign as much as I want on me right now. In terms oh, of... I'll, sorry, I would be most disappointed if Niels Coppin doesn't know a better striker than than uh, Warren Shanklin. I'll be totally, totally disappointed. Uh, then I would, I would start asking, why are we bringing in Neil's Coppin and we're going to be buying players like uh, like Lauren Shanklin. Right. Sorry, I just think I just think he will know better players than uh than, Davey, than uh, I'm, Davey, I'm going to answer you on that if you don't mind. See Matt, right. I love what Rangers are dangerous now, right? We don't know what they're going to do. They're keeping their their cards close to their chest. You're hearing it from more the players' side or the players' club or Fabrizio Romano. You're not hearing it from anywhere else what Rangers actually want to do. My concern with the different signings in the market Rangers are dipping into just now is that you've got your Pedro Kixinhas and all the Mexicans and Portuguese guys that we brought in. You've got your your Paul Le Guin. You've got your Libos, your Libos Yonkos, You've got your Carol Svensons, Philip Sibos, right? You've got that's the risk that we're that we're running with these guys just now. I'm not saying they're bad players. I'm not saying they're going to work out. But what I'm saying is I'm approaching I'm approaching it with cautious. I need I need to see evidence that this is going to work before I'm going to fully get on board with it, right? I like what Rangers are sorry, saying. I'm sorry, Scott. You you're not approaching it with caution. You're approaching it with pessimism that every foreign player is a dud. I'm not That's saying that. Total rubbish. They're far more that, right. David, you've completely taken my point wrong. What I'm saying is what I'm saying is is we've been stung in the past by trying to do this. And I'm just cautious of it. That's all. I know Diamandi's a good footballer. I thought Jose Sifuentes was a good footballer before he came and signed, right? And it's not worked out from because he couldn't settle. It's a completely different change of change of life for these guys. That's where I'm that's where I was going to at that point. So I think you need to mix your signings with with people that know the club and know the style of football. That's all we're saying. So see, like see a Connor Barron's at Aberdeen. He's not getting a game because he's not he's not he's told them he's not signing a contract with them. That's what you need to mix these signings in with people that with British based players that know the club. You need to mix it a bit. I've got no doubt Coppins get Coppins probably got a list of strikers. There was a boy in the summer Bill wanted called Benny Traore. He played for BC Hacking, I think it was in Sweden. He's your pacey front man, Davey. He looks brilliant. He's but he's went to Sheffield United and not kicked a ball. Now why is that? But but like nobody knows, nobody can answer nobody can answer that. So it's it's a catch twenty two. You're taking these these boys in with an element of risk. That's what I'm trying to say. But that's with any player. You don't know if Franklin's going to hit the ground running. Davy, let me just come in on that, and because 
<laughs> it risks you sounding like the ultimate fucking politician here. It's about the balance, right? Um, and it's every every signing, every signing, whether they're from the league or from abroad, are going to bring a gamble. But you're saying, how can our director of football know know a better striker than Lauren Shankland? And just in the last in in the last six windows, we've signed Fashion Sakala, Ahmed Diallo. Rabbi Matondo, Antonio Cholak, Tom Lawrence, Malik Tillman, Serio Dessel, Sam Lammers, Abdallah Sima, and Fabio Silva. That is our track record in the forward areas over the last six windows. So every gamble is a signing. These on paper, all these signings have been sexier than a Lauren Shankland or a Miofsky or a Van Veen. And I think they probably are better footballers, but they've not done it. They've not done what we need to do. Um, so I, I, I do I do get what you're saying for a certain point. There has to be better better options out there than Lauren Shankland. You know, I've not been a long-term Lauren Shankland fan, but when we're trying to build a squad, not every not every signing can be the marquee signing. See, just for a record, I would take Tony Gold's back over Shankland, right? Oh, I would take Tony Gold right now over Lauren Shankland because I know he can do it. He's done it. He's came. He's a proven goal scorer. That's where I'm trying to come from. I'm just saying, a striker position is one most important transfer. We need to get us right. Don't forget so, that Sakawa, Sakawa had scored 14 goals from a, from a wing position. Sakawa broke my heart when he left. We've got no pace in the team at all. I know, I know where you're saying. That's why I brought about Benny Traore, boy. Look him up. He's he's everything, you, he's everything you're, you're chasing. He's obviously went to Premier Premier League's different for Scotland, right? But he's not settled. He's he's not really. I don't even know if he's made an appearance. That's where I'm coming from. You need to approach it, approach it with some kind of. I don't know. What I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm at a loss on this point now. To be honest with these boys. So, Davey, I love the, I love the, I love the fire in your heart there. The passion came through. But let's talk about a happier subject. And that subject being do John Sterling. Um, he can play right back, he can play centre mid, he might eat, if your telly's broke, he'll come and fix it. He can even play left wing. There's nothing this man can't do. Um what a what a surprise it was seeing him pop up out in the wing last last night or yesterday afternoon. What I do, what I ask you, Davey, is this um We've seen it in the past um, in, in, in the Premier League, um, for example, where Jose Mourinho was maybe putting Scott McTominay out to dry by playing them here, where and everywhere. Was this a statement by Philip Clement that we need wingers in the transfer window, or does he just have that much trust in Dujon Sterling to go and do a job? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thank you. It was a statement. I think there was possibly a, a tactical motive in it. I don't know. I, I think I um, it was a windy day. So the wind was going to be playing a large role. And I think that um, that uh, possibly that Rangers thought that there the, the might be high balls to the back post. And I, I think if, if you're going to have Red Van running in at the back post, then, then he's not going to get many headers. And I, I've got a feeling, I don't know, I've, I've got a feeling that it might have been to do with the sort of a higher balls and, and a lot of balls getting put up in the air. And I think it might be to do with that. I don't think it was. I don't. I, I would be very, very. If you listen to Clement, then then he's, he's, he's virtually everything that he does. The board does. He's, they were having meetings all the time. He keeps saying. So I'll very, very doubt that it's any a message to the board. I think it was just purely tactical because the conditions were so bad, and I think that he thought that that's what was needed instead of a Matondo who can't can't control a ball in good conditions. So what was the chance of him controlling a ball in bad conditions? Scott, I, I do think there's an element to putting somebody with a bit more power and a, mm. a bit more um, directness and a bit more no-nonsense in what Dujon Sterling is. I think, um, obviously, Blue Horizon brought me um, quickly back down the earth in the comments saying that he's not a left-winger. And I'll be honest, I don't think we can see Dujon Sterling winning the Ballon d'Or at left-wing. Um, I don't think it's his position. I can see why Clermont would have tied with it, but I do think he's better suited in the midfield. Aye, definitely, definitely. CMF positions do John Sterling plays though in the mayor that he plays well, the mere money we're going to get from because just because he's athleticism, that's the only reason he's playing any of these positions. It's he's a th- it's his in fair play to Philip come on for being able to identify that in the first place. Um he's new can do John Sterling's new went for a bit of a failed signing to me to being one of the best signings for me, just because of the just because of the change in manager. Um I think he played left wing, left central midfield on Saturday. I think he was given a role to play in a position. And I think it may seem as if he was playing left wing at some point, but I think he was dealt in different transitions of play to be in certain spots. And Sterling's went on the manager's kind of instruction. Um, but I think mostly he was put on that left side to protect, to, uh, protect Ridvan, to be brutally honest. And that's something you can't fix with Ridvan. Ridvan's got the physicality now. That's needed to be. He's never going to have a height. You can't put him in a grow bag. You can't grow him up any. Um, can't make him any taller. So, Sterling has to do a job, and I think he'd done it okay. Wasn't he great at it? But I think he's better in sitting in a midfield too with Lundstrom. Maybe Sterling going box to box and Lundstrom playing in his six. I think that's probably the best midfield combo I've seen, maybe just before the winter break and now. Um, because, like I say, Nico Raskin's just not quite at it yet. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Sterling when Diamandi comes in. It'll be really interesting. And I, I think you're right. And I'm going to bring this up here um, for you, Davey, because on on Dujon Sterling, um, I do think one of the midfield jerseys is his. Um, I think he deserves mm-hmm. it. It's having lonesome have the jersey. 
we need to have the conversation over Todd Campwell and Nico Rashin as well. Um, Diomandi coming in, Davey. Um, I don't think neither Rashin or Campwell have done enough to keep their jersey. And maybe been a wee bit hard on Cam- Campwell because he's popped up with a streamer of goal and he is traditionally a, a luxury player, for one or a better term. Um, some people come through saying we'll put them in the summer. No, I think there's definitely is value in keeping these two players. But I think with Diomandi coming in, um, a nice dynamic uh, forward-thinking midfielder, then the competition is just wrapping up in midfield for them. Well, I think that's what that's what's going to be my first my first answer to you, uh, Colin. With Diomandi coming in, from what I've seen, looking at his YouTube films, um, he looks like a, a more an attacking midfielder. So I would imagine, and he also plays with a number 10 on his shirt. So that's my points as well, that he's more attacking midfielder. So I, I really think that, uh, I just don't think the relationship between Lamont and Cantwell is, is what it should be. I, I think there's, there's something there's something happening. Uh, I don't think Clement is, I don't think he's playing the way Clement wants him to play. And... I don't know why. I don't know what. And obviously, it's uh, it's it, it it's doing something to his game because it's certainly not the player that he was under Bill last season. And whether he's, I mean, he's sort of been given a free role in that ten. I mean, at first I thought he's getting stuck out in the right wing. Maybe that's affecting him. But Comans come in. I mean, he's really had the the sort of a number ten position to himself. So it hasn't. Everybody kept saying, "Oh, when, when once he gets into the ten position, then that'll be him." But he's just not hit it. And it just—I mean, the fact that he's getting—he's getting huckled at, uh, at half time. Now, the, the last against him, you could say it was possible to do with the injury that, that he get taken off. But I don't think he was injured at the weekend. Whether it, I mean, I keep harping back to the conditions. Whether the conditions were right for for Cantwell as well as possibility as well. And it just seems to be something between. Cantwell and the way he's playing and the way Clement wants to play. I don't I think there's a sort of a difference there. Scott, I shared a couple of comments there, uh, mostly a couple of people saying that, you know, Campbell and Rashin on the you know, on the cutting right now. Curry, um, friend of the pod, um, for him to doesn't he? Uh, who's who doesn't know Curry? Um, but he has his own pod, uh, the standard Ibrox. Um, cracking if you are looking for more Rangers content, go and get him a wee follow on Twitter and YouTube. Um, but he's made the point about Todd Camwell does get doubled up in every game. Um, we gave Ryan Kent a bye a long time because he was playing against um, double the defenders, is what everybody else is. Um, it's an interesting point. I don't know. I think Todd Cranwell's got a bit more freedom uh, than what Ryan Kent does um, mm. in the team. What, what, what's your thoughts on in Cantwell in general? See the, I've, I agree with Davy on Cantwell. What I think Cantwell's missing though is see last season when he first signed, he was when he was playing at ten position, he was tracking back, he was snapping into tackles left, right, and centre, and that was getting everybody think, "No, this guy's brilliant. This guy's." This guy gets it. He's got the appetite yet. Now, same Wednesday night when he got filled just after his injury, M2 Hibs boys sandwiched him. He came out and immediately smacked one into the back of the net. He smacked that hard. The ball, I think the ball went back to the penalty spot after it. 
That's not, that's, it's not an easy thing to do. To me, a big thing with Cantwell's appetite. I don't think he's got the appetite for it just now. And he's not been the same since that injury he got. Um, he was out for a few months with injury. And he's not been the same since he came back. So the physicality of Scottish game spooked him a bit. It didn't, it didn't look like that when he first signed. Um, the other interesting point on him is doing it Sunderland, their number 10, Pritchard, he put on a transfer request on Saturday. With, if I agree with Davy on, he's no, Campbell's not Clermont's guy, right? He's no, he's his favourite player. I don't think Clermont's got a favourite player to start with, maybe Lundstrom. Um, so is there maybe going to be something over the next couple of days that Bill's going to come up the road and if he's got the budget and say, I'll take him down the road to me. Because Campbell doesn't look at his heart based. He looks content enough, but he's not he's not doing the things he was doing under Michael Bill when he first signed. He's not a goal threat. He's not he's kind of fading out of games and then when something happens, he's it's as if he's almost going right, I can be bothered now. That sounds extremely harsh, but we all know he's got the ability. But where's the form went? Do you know what I mean? That's 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 my biggest question. He's half a player he was in terms of effort. In in ease, it's not been good enough. Sam Lammers get pelters off off me to start with, right? For playing a ten position, but I think and I think he played it with better in terms of discipline. He played the role a wee bit better. It wasn't it wasn't. I'm not saying he was any more effective at it, but I think he played it. That's why he started so many games under come on because he took instruction on a wee bit more. I think Cantwell needs to get back to basics and start getting back into tackles and start affecting the game properly. For me, anyway. And I think it's 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 going to be hard for him because Clement likes to. It seems as if he does like having the footballers who can. I don't want to say win the battle because that makes it sound like hammer throws, mm-hmm. but they are up for the fight and they're up for the physicality. Can't they? Can they? That's a frustrating thing. That's what's but missing. The thing is, Tom Lawrence can do it better, and he's chapping at his heels and. Mm-hmm. And Campbell has to up his game very quickly, or else Tom Lawrence will be in the team. And um, Davy, the comment coming in for Robert Grant um, about Jose Sifuena is apparently going to Turkey. And I know you and I speak in the Daily News. Uh, we work for the Daily News for them to Disney listen. Pound a month, folks. Five shows a week. Um, we speak about the, the rumours to Turkey all the time. I mean, at one point in the Daily Record, and me going to Turkey. Um, <laughs> but this does seem this does seem as if it has legs in it. Um, Jose Sifuentes he's been out of touch with the Rangers team um, since Bill came in, and then even more so since Clement came in. Um, I think this does show that if you aren't cutting it in Clement's side, then there will be a pathway out the door. Um, just on Sifuentes, I don't think it's any real surprise or any real. I don't think there's any real bad feeling about it, Davy. I wouldn't say bad feeling. I've no bad feeling. I probably more bad feeling for Bill bringing him in. To be honest with you, but um, Colin, I've just seen him. I've seen him in the the, the two the Champions League American games uh, that they played, and I've seen him now a couple of times for Rangers. Obviously, he's not played that much more. But anytime he's played for Rangers, I've seen him, and. I just don't know if there's a professional footballer in there, Colin, to be honest with you. I haven't seen it. I really haven't seen a, a professional football performance from him. And 
I've always said, I mean, I, I, I watched uh, Ajax get put out of the cup, uh, the Dutch cup, by, by an amateur team. And I've said all along, there's am better amateur players in Holland than, than I've seen Juve, uh, Sif Juventus playing football. And I, 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 that's just the way I, I honestly believe Baby. that. David, I fucking adore you, but you're so dramatic at times. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really do. I mean, I mean, if you see, I, I mean, they put Ajax, an amateur team put Ajax at the cup. They didn't do that because they've got they've get dumplings. But there is good amateur players out there, and I just don't see it with Sifuentes. I really don't. I mean, at times he just couldn't control a ball. He struts about like, um, look, guys, I'm here. The only thing he's no Scott is a sort of a comb in the middle of the park where, where, where he combs his hair in between moves. It's, uh, I, nah, I just don't see it with Sifuentes and I hope he does well. Uh, I think going to Turkey makes a very, very bad decision. I think it would be better to get back to America. Uh, and what I will say to, to, to anybody, to Rangers as well, make sure you get your money up front because, uh, you know, Turkish clubs and, and payments uh, is, uh, is a very dodgy business. Going the going further into the transfer market, then um, Scott um, left back has been a conversation that has not gone away at all. Uh, um, I've seen somebody put in. Uh, it may have actually been money, money up orders in the group chat talking about when Red Van Yilmaz went off for Bonabarisic, saying was this. Um, Yilmaz getting an early flight to Turkey or Bonabaris is getting a farewell because one of them are going. Um, it, it's no, it's it's a conversation no going, and I do think, I do think one of them will go because Yilmaz is one of our, our highest valued assets, and Bonabaris is one of our highest earning wages, our highest highest um, earner of wages who mm. is close to expiring. Uh, obviously the. Um, we've been linked to the the left back. Um, I forget his name. Sorry, Hefty um, for for Menezi. Talk us through that. I know you've been doing a wee bit of digging. Aye, so as Bear, I've been on my high horse trying to get an interview for a pod again regarding any new signings. I'm going to make inroads into the boy for RC loans probably tomorrow to see if I can get somebody on because a wee bit of insight into him. But there's a page on Twitter called uh, Fluminense for Fluminense for Foreigners, and he says if I asked him a few questions and he would give me back an answer. So I asked him, how quickly can a boy settle into Scottish football? Will he handle the physicality? What type of player is he? Does he have good potential? So what this boy's replied to me, he says, I think he can adapt well because how well he adapted to Sheepbury and become an important player to be sold to, to Rangers. Um, I think he can handle it physically. His problem was always to get him motivated to play well, but he has a good left-back. Seen him in the youth academy. Um, he never played main football here. Even when he'd been really, even when there, there had been really bad left-backs at first teams, he has a good potential. I think he can become a great left-back. Don't know which level of left-back because he, could, he, he couldn't make it to play football for the first team, uh, but he had potential. Now, one of the other boys I'd messaged has sent me back a, a message on him too. I'll just quickly read that out. Um, he says, in Cyprus, the championship is what I call a two-gear championship with teams playing to achieve the top six and other teams playing to avoid the relegation. The gap between these teams is big. With the smaller teams, 
he was very good due to his attacking abilities. In the derbies, he had some problems because he likes to go forward, so the coach dropped him for a more defending mind and fullback. If he gets space, he's a big threat. In Scotland, I think he would need some time to adjust because it will be very difficult, sorry, very different from what he experienced in Brazil and Cyprus, mainly due to the weather. Phys physicality is one thing I think he can greatly improve upon. If he gets stronger, it, it will help him to improve his defending as well. As, as I said, he likes to go forward, but sometimes he leaves an empty space back in the defence. He is exactly the type of player who can excel as a wing-back in a 3-5-2 system. He can even play as a left-winger as well. Um, in summary, he's a great player, and you will see that from his first games, but he is just starting his career, so he needs to keep his head down and improve the aspects of his game, which um, can improve his game even more. He has got a lot of potential and ability, but the last six months for his first first months playing professional football. Until last summer, he was in the Brazil B team. Um, he was captain of that, if that means anything. So that was um, Demetrius on Twitter. Um, so that gives us a wee bit of insight into what, sorry, I can't provide, provide you guys with an interview, but um, that gives us a wee bit of insight into what he is. He likes, basically, he likes getting forward. I think he'll be suitable against the low block. He'll struggle against pace. He'll, sorry, he'll struggle for space. Um Personally, I would like Ridvan to stay to support this boy. Ridvan's basically been through the same thing that them two um, journalists have messaged the, the Gallant View Twitter chat. So, and Ridvan's come through the other side of it. So, I think he needs a wee bit of mentoring. Um, Bomber's not the guy to do that. Bomber's, Bomber's done, I think. I think Bomber's quite happy to sit in the bench and be second best. And I don't really want to get, I don't want anybody at a club that can do that. So, ideally, if we could sell Borna and keep Ridvan, that's what you would want today, but um, Ridvan's value is only going to go up for now the end of the season for a left-back position. It's not going to get done any further than what it already is. We'll, we'll get our money back due to interest in him. And Borna's obviously a contract, but I think we, with the money situation at Ibrox and considering there's still a couple of signings to make, probably putting two and two together and making five will mean Ridvan's away, but who knows? For me, um, there's mixed comments that I've been sharing through the the chat there um, about comments from Borna Barisic. He's probably like saying what you were saying, Scott, that he's probably not what we need right now. Some mixed comments definitely about Yilmaz. Some people saying he's, that's him now finally settled. Others saying he's pushing for a move. Personally, I fall in the, the camp that he's, he's settled now. I think um, um, the... I think it's been lazy, lazy journalism for the most part. How long the, the interest has been in him? Because A, he's Rangers' highest valued, one of Rangers' highest valued young players. B, um, he's not been playing, so it's easy to link him with a move out. Um, so I think that's been easy journalism. Um, I hope that Red Van Yelma stays. In football, in terms, I'd be happy with Yelmaz and Bonabas, which is our two left backs um, between now and the end of the season. But taking that step back and looking at right, we can't let every player leave for nothing. Um right. I'd be I'd be happy with Bonabasic to move on for a million or so and a young player to come in and compete with Red Van Yummers once he settles. Um David, I'm just conscious with time, but I want you to chat through um a Colombian 
young Colombian cycle looking to pave his way into the hearts of Europeans. Um, obviously, Alfredo Morelos um, uh, done that for a couple of years, but he's been bombed out. But we are heavily linked with Austria Cortez of RC Lens. So let me just redo a few stats. So in 41 professional appearances, he's chipped in with 11 goals and 8 assists. Um, he's been on loan at uh, Millionaros, where he's played most of his games, 28 games, 7 goals, 5, five assists. He's played mainly as a, a right winger, can play attacking mid, left wing, with odd occasion up front. Mm-hmm. 20 years old, that gives me the fear that he was born after I started going to Ibrox, but this seems to be a goal, Davey. Um, I think, given what we were talking about, <coughs> Dujon Sterling playing left wing and the lack of attacking options, it seems to be something different. Yeah, well, I noticed that the the, 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 the uh, message we got that he was on the airplane already, but that, that's been rubbish by... Uh, by most of the big journalists, uh, including, including uh, what's he called, Andy Newport, uh, Andy Devlin, I think, and Chris Jack. It's been rubbish by them. They said that the Rangers are interested in them, but he is not on the airplane on the way to Glasgow. So I, th- I think that that will be, I would imagine they would know what they're talking about. And then we definitely need a winger. I was hoping it was going to be the boy from Vitessa, man, uh, million uh, manhoof, but obviously it's not. I would hope if, if he does come in, I doubt, I doubt we'll be getting two two wingers in uh, in this window. Maybe maybe on the the next window, we might be after another one. But then I would imagine that there'll be more players going. Matondo comes to comes to mind at that. Um, so I, I definitely think I need a winner. I've looked at his YouTube films. And yeah, he does nice things. He can cross a ball. The the one thing that I did notice if if he does come in, he looks for a player and not just crosses it to to, to space. But he actually does look for a player. You see him look, a lot of times looking up and uh, and trying to actually hit a player and not uh, not just put it into a space. So yeah, YouTube film can't go a lot in it. We need a winger. Will it be the right one? You can only hope, as, as, as um, um, Scott says at the beginning of the the, the podcast, yeah, it's it's all ifs and buts, and uh, will he hit the ground running? We don't know that. There'll, there'll, there'll be a lot. Obviously, some people, some players will. You can only, I mean, Clement, you would say, will know the French market. So I would imagine that Clement is a, a good idea who this player is and what he can do. And that's the one thing that sort of I sort of I say, yeah, I trust Clement in this one because I think this will become this this will be through him. He'll he'll have his at least people who know this boy. And I think that's a nice way to round up the pod by sharing Robert Grant's comments, um, who's made a few good points tonight, saying we'll find out um, soon because we've got a couple of days left. I'm sure something will happen. Have faith in Big Phil. And obviously I'm taking um, a lot of confidence in that comment after Phil's interview yesterday, um, post-match, saying it will be busy right up to the last minute because there's a lot of work to be done. The project won't be complete by the end of January. Um, far from it, it won't be complete by the end of August. It is a, it, 
we we do need to be continually building, but I do take faith in the manager's urgency and making the best Rangers team that he can. So I think that's a nice place to wrap it up um, this week. What's coming up in the pod, obviously... Um, we will try and get some interviews with any um, Scott is working round the clock honestly he's he's grafting to get interviews with anybody that can provide an insight into who players are linked with myself the two Davies uh, Steve and Bill will be bringing you the news every day this week um, uh, an in-depth look into any headlines and also we'll be back with the live stream <laughs> on Thursday and of course the Premier League boys will be talking um, through a few shocks in the FA Cup uh, this week I'm sure um, last but not least is a massive thank you to first of all everybody who's tuned in and watched um, or live on the live stream or afterwards on the platforms um, but of course my two guests first of all Scott Scott I'm looking for a farewell to the listeners and a prediction how many how many signings will Rangers make before the transfer window slams shut Firstly, everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's been good as always. Um, I'm probably going to go with another two. Um, I think the left back, I've kind of already taken that as done, even though there's still a wee bit to go. Um, so I'm going to go with this Oscar Cortez boy and a striker. And I think there's going to be a couple of outs as well. Just to let you know, Derek Clark has tweeted out that Jose Sifuentes isn't going to Turkey. He's not keen on the move. So I think see, I think Sifuentes is one of the ones that will be going, but I think we can kibosh the Turkey idea for now. That is a nightmare about doing live streams. You can't do these things where <laughs> something happens during the live stream, but thanks for letting us know, Scott. But good having you on as always, mate. Cheers, pal. And last but not least, a massive thank you to Davey coming on, keeping us grounded as always. Davey, a big thank you to the listeners, please, and a prediction on how many signings will Rangers make. Yeah, okay, thanks for having me on. If I can just quickly, two, two, there were two questions to me, uh, Colin. One was, did I see Colin Steen? Uh, yes, I did. He was one of my favourite players, along with Big Cam Versailles. So and I, I was even at the first game he was playing when we when he scored the hat trick. So I love Colin Steen, and I hope I hope we're not trying to link him to sort of a Shankland uh, with that comment. Uh, Ian Gill, I think it was, um, because I, I can't believe they'll ever end up in the same uh, the same boat. And the other question was that I that there was a state was more a statement that I never mentioned Raskin. I'm in the same boat as everybody else with Raskin. I, I I think he played better last year, but I don't I don't know. I, I I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know whether he's just a dip in his play and he'll come up. I'm not writing him off yet, and I don't think he's playing that bad that, that he, he deserves a deserves a lot of uh, um sort of a criticism. So that's that that's that one. If he does get as bad as John Lundstrom did, then I, I, I will mention him. But I will also say that Lundstrom is playing absolutely brilliant at the moment. So thanks for thanks for listening in and Colin, thanks for having me. And till the daily news, Colin. And you want a prediction? I think there'll be Ah, you went on that much here, aren't you? Forgot the question, Davy. Two I, I think there'll be two. I think uh, I think the winger and I think there'll be another striker. I'll 
as I seen Albert saying three, but I'll I'll be surprised if it's three. Ah, yeah, I'm going to go three as well. I'm going to go winger striker. I do think something will happen with left back. Um, I just hope it's um, not to the detriment of Yil Yilmaz. But thank you all for listening. We will be back with you. We plenty of content this week if you do want to sign up for our uh, members pages. But yeah, until next time, we are the people. Take care.